We are at the end of our journey here over the last four weeks. We've been uh, talking about the kind of foundations of Christianity and uh, kind of the basics, Christianity 101. We talked about following Jesus and living in community and loving God. And today we're going to talk about what it means to love neighbor. And we uh, talked a little last week about how it's kind of like uh, building a house, that your faith is kind of like uh, constructing a house, that it starts with and is built upon uh, following Jesus as your foundation, which is grounded in God's love for us. So all of this, again, is a response to God's love. Faith is a response to God's initiative in our lives. And so we respond to God by first following Jesus, and we then love God. That's this red layer here. We love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in our own unique Methodist way, we do that with scripture, tradition, experience, and reason. Those are those things that are kind of built upon the love of God. And all of that's kind of capped off by being in community with one another. Being in a community of faith um, that is meant to be a fellowship not only with each other, but more importantly, a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, a fellowship in God. And so we follow Jesus, we love God, we do so in our own Methodist way, with scripture, tradition, reason, experience, and then we do so also in community. Now, one of the things I want you to see and notice about this house is that it has no walls. It is a house that is meant and designed to open us up to the other. That we are meant to be an outwardly focused organization. I heard once that uh, uh, Christianity is the only organization that is uh, devoted entirely to its non-members. Catch that? We are meant to be outwardly focused. There are no walls keeping us in. No walls keeping others out. And so I want to think and talk about that today in light of this story of the Good Samaritan. And this story of the Good Samaritan is one that is very familiar to many people. It's one that we tell a lot. Um, Actually, maybe we don't tell the whole story quite as much, but we use the phrase Good Samaritan a lot, do we not? We often will hear about it in the news Um, somebody uh, was a good Samaritan and stopped by the side of the road and helped change a tire or uh, other helped get a cat down out of a tree you know things like that just kind of general acts of community enrichment um, you might say Um, in general I think we have diluted this idea of good Samaritan we've kind of watered it down I think to mean generally somebody who's nice to another person. (laughs) And there's actually quite a bit more edge to it than that. Now, I've preached on this passage before, and what I've talked about in the past was just how deep the rivalry was between Samaria and Judea. And that there were people living in Galilee, which is just a little bit north of Samaria, that would literally walk all the way around Samaria to get to Judea where Jerusalem was so as to avoid any unnecessary contact with the Samaritans. And there's a lot of history there 
there were some skirmishes that happened, violent skirmishes that happened between Samaritans and Jews. And they just plain did not get along. And this rivalry was even deeper than OU Texas. Or even deeper than A&M Texas, whatever you want to call it. It was, it was much stronger than that. Um, and there are still vestiges of maybe not this exact rivalry, but similar types of rivalries in and through Jerusalem today. Now, this story takes place on the road to Jericho. And Jericho is about 14 miles from Jerusalem. And it go, you have to walk up a very steep uh, kind of incline. It's about a, about a 3,000 foot elevation change between Jerusalem and Jericho. And so it's a, it's a rigorous terrain. It's also dangerous. Um, there are lots of nooks and crannies for thieves to hide in. There are lots of uh, blind corners and such. Um, and it's somewhat mountainous as well. And so there's nowhere really to run either. And so in this story, what we hear is a man is traveling on the road to Jericho and he is beset by thieves. And he's beaten up and stripped and left for dead. And we first hear of a priest that walks by and sees him and crosses on the other side. And then a Levite, which was the priestly class in Israel, sees him and walks by on the other side. These two people who were meant to be the religious leaders of their time left this man for dead. And then we see a Samaritan. Literally the last person you would expect to stop and help a Jew. And yet he does. And only, not only does he help him, he goes way above and beyond to get this man back to health. Pays for his medical bills, pays for his lodging, transports him to where he needs to go, and then checks on him later. And all of this story comes out of a test put to Jesus by a legal expert, an expert in Jewish law, who was trying some way or another to ensnare Jesus, to entrap him. And Jesus kind of puts the onus back on him, puts the test back on him, and then he gives the final exam. And Jesus says, now who was the neighbor to the man? And this expert in the law can't even say the word Samaritan. He just simply says the one who had mercy on him. That was the one who actually acted like a neighbor. The one who had mercy. And in the Greek scripture, uh, that word for mercy, and uh, even in the middle of the story, it says that this Samaritan was one who had, was moved with compassion or moved with pity. And that word is splanknon. I've talked about that word before uh, in here. And it's one of my favorite words in uh, the Greek New Testament. Because it means like your gut. It, you're, it's a kick to the gut. That you're so moved with compassion 
that it's like a kick to the gut and you just have to respond. You have to do something. And that's what this Samaritan does. He is moved from within with compassion and treats this man with utmost respect. And then Jesus ends by saying, yes, you're right. It is the one who was moved with compassion. Now go and do likewise. All of this was started with a question, what must I do to gain eternal life? The answer is to go and do like this Samaritan of all people. To follow the example of one with whom you have the deepest rivalry. So not only is it to see every other person as your neighbor, especially and even the ones with whom we want to separate ourselves and build walls against. Every person. Now, Bert told me a story this week. Bert, our music director. Um, and he, he was telling me about his brother who um, uh, went through an accident, a really pretty terrible accident, uh, about six weeks ago. Uh, he was uh, working on a fence and the, uh, out in his, on his property near Granbury. And... Um, he was working on this fence, and, and this bull, uh, a couple of bulls, actually started charging him. And he climbed, climbed up on the fence, but uh, kind of got caught and fell off, and he broke his neck. Um, fractured, fractured a couple of vertebrae in his neck. Now, thankfully, he's doing all right. Um, it didn't do um, any major damage beyond just the fractured bones. Um, he's in this neck brace and all this now. Um, but Bert was telling me about how uh, his brother has just been laid up and uh, hasn't been able to do the things that he needed to do, but he has this neighbor down the road that has been helping him out. And, and Bert was out there a couple of weeks ago and was working on some well or something, I don't know. Uh, and uh, the guy was driving by and saw kind of Bert working with it, and he stopped and helped him for a while, had the tools that he needed, and, and helped him out. And, and Bert said, you know, thanks so much for doing this, and uh, I can't believe that, you know, you would take time out of your day to do that. Um, and he said, well, what good is a neighbor if you aren't going to be a good one? <laughs> what good is having a neighbor if you aren't going to have a good one? I think that is right on. And I told Bert I was going to steal that story. What good is a neighbor if you don't have a good one? We are called to care for one another, to be moved with compassion. That word compassion is used in almost every story that Jesus has when he encounters someone in need, when he encounters someone in need of healing, in need of being rid of a demon, whatever it may be. It almost always says that Jesus was moved with compassion. And here this is a Samaritan, the deepest rival, exhibiting the characteristics of Christ. I said earlier, these divisions continue to into Jerusalem today. And I want to show you a couple of pictures. The first is a picture of Jericho Road as it is today. And um, it's kind of hard to see here, but there right on the left is a wall. 
in Jerusalem today, it's divided into West Jerusalem and East Jerusalem. And on East Jerusalem, it's about a third of the city, you have uh, Palestinian people living. And on the other side uh, is West Jerusalem, and uh, that's where most of the Jewish people live. Um, East Jerusalem, it, it has no, um, main, no paved roads, no sidewalks. They often have trouble with getting the electricity that they need. They often have trouble getting water, uh, running water. Um, and most people that live in West Jerusalem don't even know what happens on the other side of town because there are walls at every spot keeping you from seeing it. Um, Go to the next picture here. This is one of the walls along Jericho Road. I want you to read this. It says, If we build walls to solve our problems, we make a labyrinth out of the whole world. And it's, it's so... The tension is so strong there. And I'll be honest, I don't know everything there is to know about everything that has gone on and continues to go on there. But the tension is so palpable between these two sides of the city. There are walls that divide roads so that you make sure that if you're on this road, you don't see the other side of the road. And Jericho Road continues to be a symbol of segregation and separation and division and brokenness of relationship. And I think what Jesus was saying was that the most important thing is not just lending a helping hand, is not just being nice to that stranger. Those are good things. But being a good Samaritan is the same as being a good Palestinian in West or East Jerusalem. It has more to do with breaking down the barriers that divide us, of being in a faith that has no walls, following a Christ who leads us beyond ourselves so that we're not building walls to create a labyrinth out of the whole world but we're tearing them down to share love and to shape lives and to follow Jesus so that all of us, as our creed said this morning, can realize the vision of God for the world. Now there was a typo in that affirmation this morning, and I thought it was actually perfect. The vision of go. The vision of go. That what it means to be the church is that we embrace the vision of go. Go and make disciples of all nations. To realize that God no longer shows favoritism, but God embraces people from every nation. We are the church of go. Let's embrace the vision of go. Let's follow Jesus. Let's love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's do this together as a community. That is what it means, I think, to be Christian.